of the Lord came upon them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were sore afraid. And the angel said unto them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. I'm thankful that God brought to us good tidings of great joy. It's for everybody under the sound of my voice today. It is for all people. There is joy unspeakable available for you. The angel goes on and says in verse 11, For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. And this shall be a sign unto you. You shall find the babe wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. And suddenly there was with the angel a multitude of the heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest. On earth peace, goodwill towards men. And it came to pass as the angels were gone away that away from them into heaven, the shepherds said one to another, Let us go now even unto Bethlehem and see this thing which is come to pass, which the Lord hath made known unto us. And they came with haste and found Mary and Joseph and the babe lying in a manger. And when they had seen it, they made known abroad the saying which was told them concerning this child. And all they that heard it wondered at those things which were told them by the shepherds. But Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. I preach today the day after Christmas. Let's lift our hands and pray one more time in this place. Lord, I'm thankful for your presence that we feel in this place already. I'm thankful for everyone that has come to the house of the Lord today. I pray a blessing upon them. Add, God, a blessing. Uh, add anointing, Lord, to your already blessed word. Let it minister grace to the hearers. Uh, help me today to bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. The day after Christmas, the wrapping paper, if you're anything like my house, is already in the dumpster. Dad's wearing his new socks or perhaps his new tie to church today, some new article of clothing that he received every year. And though he pretends not to be thankful for that new package of dress socks or that new tie, he is in fact very thankful because Dad doesn't really like to shop anyways. The kids have already lost pieces to their new toy or they've already broken a part of it. It is no longer as functional as when it came out of the box. Yesterday, there was a mad scramble for batteries as mom and dad didn't realize that the toy that they had to assemble that would take 14 hours to put together would indeed require batteries. And today, mom and dad are already wishing they had found the batteries that were almost dead. That fudge on the counter, it no longer seems like a good deal, but now you and that fudge are eyeing one another in an uneasy standoff. It, it is no longer socially acceptable for me to walk into the kitchen at 6 in the morning and pour some coffee and grab a piece of fudge and just pop it in my mouth because it is now the day after Christmas. Christmas carols that just a day before seemed festive and fun now seem out of place and strange. It would have been weird to us this Sunday or perhaps even next Sunday to come to the pulpit and begin as a worship team to sing a silent night. It would have felt 
strange. There's just something that is different about the day after Christmas. That holiday is accomplished. We settle in with our sweatpants on and we are now counting down and knowing that there are 364 days until we visit that place again. As I read through the Gospels over the last week, something struck me. I began to wonder about Mary and Joseph's day after Christmas. The day after the promised child was born. I imagined the chaos that mingled with the excitement of the night before. Joseph and Mary, driven on by the decree of a distant Caesar, are are propelled to their ancestral homeland. And Mary, I'm sure, was not enjoying the traveling. I'm told that traveling while pregnant is no fun, and so pregnant ladies stay home. But here goes Mary, great with child, riding on a donkey into a distant land. I was there when all three of my children were brought into this world. And let me tell you, I am thankful for the miracles that modern medicine is able to provide. I cannot imagine what Mary went through delivering a child essentially alone in a barnyard and laying him in a feeding trough. It must have seemed strange to Mary and Joseph because... After all, this was to be Emmanuel, God, with us. They had both heard the prophecies. They had both received the word from the Lord. And yet, here they were, homeless in a distant land. It wasn't all that long ago that Mary had uttered the words to the Lord that each of us must reach a time and again in our lives. Uh, As the angel Gabriel begins to tell her of what the Lord's plan and desire is, Mary, utter the words, be it unto me according to thy word. How many altar calls, how many prayer meetings, How many times in our lives and in our walk with God have we uttered those words and said, God, whatever you want to do with me, whatever you want to do through me, however you want to move, God, I give it to you. Be it unto me according to thy word. Perhaps Mary and Joseph had been settling in for the night. When breathless shepherds rush in, raving about choirs of angels they have just seen, and and raving to Mary and Joseph and looking for a swaddling clothed child in a manger, they are desperate to see this little baby. I hope for the sake of the shepherds that Jesus was in fact awake because uh, as any new parent can attest, if you barge into my house uh, and demand to see the sleeping child, we're going to have a disagreement. This child needs to sleep. Mary and Joseph are exhausted by their journey. They're exhausted by this time in the stable, but they're excited by the ability and the promise to show off their baby boy. They're just glad that somebody else recognizes Jesus for who he is. Here they are, strangers in a distant land. Nobody else has heard the word from the Lord that they've heard. And yet, uh, in rush shepherds that want to worship him uh, as the King of kings and the Lord of lords. But now, it's the day after Christmas. And sleeping Mary 
is awakened by the cries of a newborn child. As in this moment, God manifests in the flesh, the creator of all of the universe, the breath in my lungs and in your lungs, uh, breath in his lungs began to cry because God manifest in the flesh was hungry. The choirs of angels are now silent. Gabriel isn't exactly standing around trumpeting every move that Jesus makes. There are no breathless shepherds desiring to worship him. There are only animals and a manger. A quick reminder to Mary that she is now a a pilgrim by political decree. You see, overnight in one moment, the promise had shifted from majestic to mundane. And the anticipation of God entering into this world was now replaced with reality. Emmanuel, God with us or not, there was a diaper to change. And odds were around midnight, there was a wake up and fitful sleeping. If the manger wasn't enough, there's the lowing of cattle. There is the the bleeding of sheep. There is the uncomfortable setting in which she finds herself. It's not a birth plan that anybody builds. It's not the way anybody draws it out. And yet here they are. As time goes on, Jesus, God in the flesh, begins to grow teeth and everything changes again. She's holding her promise as he screams into the night. Molars beginning to push their way through tender gums. This is uh, indeed the promised child, but now she's facing sleepless night after sleepless night. Who would have ever dreamed that birthing and raising the promise could be such work? God went looking for somebody who would not only say, be it unto me according to thy word. But God went looking for a couple when he went looking for a place to be born. God needed someone who wasn't going to quit when the promise stopped being glamorous. When awe and wonder gave way to work, God still needed a mother that was going to care for him. When everything seemed to not be going the way they planned it, he still needed an earthly father that was going to provide. He needed somebody that was going to raise him, to nurture him, to grow him, and to instruct him. God needed somebody that he could trust with the promise when the choirs of angels stopped singing, when there were no more shepherds. God needed somebody. And so I preach today. It's the day after Christmas. The the wonder and the awe of the night before has given way to work. And now Mary and Joseph find themselves homeless with a baby. God could have chosen anywhere to be born, but he picked poor and faithful over rich and famous. God has always had a need for those who can walk faithfully without the limelight on the day after. 
The day after the blowout service where we're swinging from the chandeliers and bouncing off of walls and it feels like uh, there's just a direct line from the mouth of God to your ear. Uh, the day after you gave your life away in a powerful altar service. Uh, the day after God used you in the gifts of the Spirit like He's never used you before. Uh, the day after you preach the house down. The day after you reach a lost co-worker. The day after you lay hands on the sick and and see them recover. God uh, is looking for someone uh, the day after uh, who's going to get up in the morning, whether there's a choir or no choir. Uh, they're going to go about their duties. Uh, they're going to hold down their responsibilities uh, and they're going to care for his kingdom. It's the day after Christmas and there are no choirs. Luke records their faithfulness in chapter 2 as he writes on, when eight days were accomplished for the circumcising of the child, his name was called Jesus, which was so named of the angel before he was conceived in the womb. Mary and Joseph had a choice here. This was, after all, the promised child. But they chose obedience. Still obeying God's word in spite of the promise, or rather, to fulfill the promise. Don't spiritualize rebellion because God uh, will never give you a promise that will contradict his word. Mary and Joseph could have said, hey, this is God manifest in the flesh. Surely we can just skip that painful step. Surely we could just skip that bloody step. But he picked parents uh, that were going to remain faithful to a covenant. Uh, parents that were going to remain faithful to an outward marker of holiness. Parents uh, that were going to put their child through something that was momentarily painful uh, for his ultimate blessing. They circumcised him in the flesh. They signified a renewal of that covenantal holiness. But the day would come for Mary and Joseph where he would make available to them the circumcision made without hands. The circumcision of the heart. Because of their obedience, there came the day where their son would offer to them a new circumcision. Not the circumcision of the flesh, but the filth of this nasty heart uh, could be washed away. God uh, needed somebody who was going uh, to go through with his plan. And when the days, verse 22, of her purification, according to the law of Moses, were accomplished, they brought him to Jerusalem to present him to the Lord as it is written in the law of the Lord. Every male that openeth the womb shall be called holy to the Lord. They offer a sacrifice to that which is said in the law of the Lord, a pair of turtle doves or two young pigeons. It wasn't easy. And they were broke. But they still went. We can find every excuse we want to miss church. It was not easy for Mary and Joseph. She's 40 days after giving birth. To once again, hopefully they had a donkey. To find their way from the town of Bethlehem to the temple. They did not even have money for a lamb to sacrifice, but they were taking a lamb, whether they knew it or not. They brought their son back to the temple and said, Lord, 
he's yours. Uh, They were poor. They did not have much. And so instead of redeeming him with a lamb, God uh, had made allowance in the law. They could be redeemed with two turtle doves uh, or two young pigeons. It wasn't easy, uh, but they found themselves meeting their obligations. It wasn't easy, but they found themselves taking their son uh, to the house of God. It wasn't easy, but Mary and Joseph were raising uh, the Messiah. And while in the temple, Luke records that Simeon and Anna declare Jesus the Messiah. They glorify him as God. There are moments where God begins to speak into the narrative. When Jesus is about two years of age, wise men from the east will present to worship him with extravagant gifts. A faithful walk with God will be punctuated by fruitful moments. A a faithful walk with God will have moments in life where everything, though it seems just to be another day, suddenly God uh, will speak. I don't know if they had any warning that day uh, that three wise men from the east were going to show up. uh, But when they showed up, they found Mary and Joseph and Jesus uh, walking together. They found uh, a faithful family. Uh, They found the Messiah being raised by a parent. Uh, We're beyond Christmas now. We've moved past those moments, uh, but God still speaks into those moments. Uh, Sometimes in your life, we have to just do uh, what Mary did. We have to grab those moments and ponder them in our hearts. Sometimes you just have to go back to those monuments in your life. You have to go back to those moments where you remember what God did or what God said. You have to go back to those moments in life because uh, in that faithful walk of relationship with him, uh, there have to be some monuments that you built along the way. I can take you to some altars in my life. I remember in Jamestown, North Dakota, When Brother Eli Hernandez was preaching, it was uh, a midweek service right in front of the old pulpit with part of the veneer picked off on the lower right-hand corner. I remember being filled with the baptism of the Holy Ghost. I can take you to an altar at North Dakota campgrounds uh, in 2006. The red shag carpet all across the pulpit. I don't know what they were thinking, but I have a lot of memories put into that red carpet. It was youth camp of 2006. Brother Aaron Soto was preaching in my life. Uh, as cliche as it may sound in this moment, uh, was forever changed. That same family camp now in a different sanctuary, 2011. I remember when Brother David Walters laid hands on my wife and I uh, and began to pray over us. I remember at Torch Conference in 2015, my wife and I, hurting and broken, received uh, a word from the Lord. Uh, It doesn't matter how far past Christmas you are. uh, If you'll be faithful to him, uh, your life will have uh, little moments where God begins to speak. Uh, It doesn't matter how long ago the original promise was uh, or how long ago the original word was. uh, If you'll just walk with him day by day, uh, God will deposit little moments in your life to let you know uh, I'm still here. uh, I'm still with you. uh, I've got you in the palm of my hand. Uh, All of his promises in him are yea and amen. You declaring and believing the promises of God when it's dark and when it seems hopeless will bring glory to his name.
What a morale booster that must have been for Mary. Learned men from another country appear, proclaiming your baby to be the promised king. Surely Mary wanted everybody to know that my, my son's special. Anybody ever heard that before? This, this, this is a special baby. She's telling everybody that'll listen. This baby's special. Well, what's so special about him? Oh, uh, you know, he, he can read already. He's walking at nine months. Mary's got the trump card. Well, he's the Messiah. She's telling everybody in the world. I, I imagine that Mary's, you know, she, she's letting everybody know, but it's always nice what a morale booster that would have been when these three wise men from a different land appear uh, and they begin to worship your baby boy. You know him to be the promised king, uh, but now outside recognition has once again come. They've bowed in worship before your little toddler. They've given gifts of kingly worship, gold uh, and frankincense and myrrh. I don't know about you, but I did not give my children gold and frankincense and myrrh for Christmas. Though, if anybody wants to give gifts of gold, I'll even take frankincense or myrrh, actually. That's probably quite valuable. Every word and every promise, every conversation with the angel comes flooding back in a moment. Perhaps this is the moment. Perhaps this is it. Finally, that promise is to be revealed, but it's followed closely by another day after moment. For the day after the wise men come and recognize Jesus as Messiah, Joseph dreams again, and this time the voice does not tell him something awesome. It tells him it is time to flee. It is time to run. It's important in the walk. It's important on the day after Christmas. It's important when the choirs are quiet for you to stay sensitive to the voice of God, especially when everything seems to be going good. Uh, when everything seems to be meshed together, then uh, God may speak and God provides direction and Mary and Joseph find themselves uh, running for their lives. They've gone from pilgrims to fugitives. And from there, it's a narrative darkness. Only one further mention of Jesus as a young man of 12, when his faithful parents took their yearly trip to Jerusalem for the Passover. If you're curious, that would be about a 30-hour straight walk on today's roads from Nazareth to Jerusalem. While Scripture may be silent, life wasn't. Because day by day, Mary and Joseph have an opportunity. They are building relationship and rapport with their firstborn son. Everybody under the sound of my voice, if you're honest, would admit we like those big moments with God a whole lot more than those quiet days. We, we like those services where there's just a powerful explosion of the Holy Ghost. And we've had plenty of those and we're going to have a whole lot more of those. Uh, but every so often, in fact, the majority of our life walking with the Lord uh, are going to be quiet 
days. But those quiet days uh, where there are no big moments walking with the Lord, those quiet days when you just walk with him hand in hand, relationship building and and raising up and growing and maturing in him, those uh, are the days where something really gets established. And those are the days where, like the child Jesus, grows in wisdom and in stature and in favor with God uh, and in man. It's the faithful moments of walking those days uh, after Christmas, those days uh, after the choirs. It's those days where God uh, really moves. There's a pattern of this throughout Scripture where God will deliver a promise. God will deliver a word uh, and then seemingly go silent. Abraham walks after the birth of Ishmael at age 86. He does not hear again from God until age 99. Thirteen years of faithful walking pass by in three verses of Scripture in absolute silence. Saul is powerfully converted on the road to Damascus and God uh, shows him how much he's going to do for the kingdom and then sends him to Arabia for three years. He preaches powerfully in Damascus and then Jerusalem for a very short period of time. uh, But then he finds himself seemingly sidelined in his hometown of Tarsus for seven to ten years. Deserts aren't deserted. For God is still speaking. uh, But are you still listening uh, on the day after Christmas? Or are you wishing uh, for those big moments again? Uh, Are you wishing for the choirs of angels? Or are you walking with him uh, and tuning your ear to his voice? David has the oil of anointing poured over his head uh, by the prophet Samuel. The guy, uh, the one, this is a big name dude. Uh, All of his brothers saw it. All of his dad's house saw it. Here he is, the youngest one. Uh, The oil runs over his head. Uh, The anointing of God rests on him in that moment. But the very next day, uh, he's back in the pasture with the sheep and his harp. See, it's the day after. And everything's quiet. Mary will complete her motherly duties. Jesus will launch his ministry at the age of 30. Thrust by an anxious mother onto the scene at the wedding in Cana. Water is made into wine. And for three years, Mary watches her baby boy. Her promise. This is it. Miraculous things are done. Blinded eyes are opened. The deaf ears are hearing. The lame are leaping. Five thousand are fed with five loaves and two fishes. The dead uh, are raised. The promise is finally here. Everything is coming together. And then Mary stands at the foot of the cross. She sees her firstborn son hanging Bloody, bruised, and beaten. She watched her son cry with a loud voice and take his last. If Mary slept at all that night when she awoke the day after, there were questions, I'm sure. This was Emmanuel, God, with us, and she had just watched 33 years of her life where she had endured ridicule and hardship. She had just watched it die. 
The promise didn't have a heartbeat, but it wasn't dead. Because just a couple of days later, that tomb where her precious baby boy was laid up was no longer occupied, but it was empty. Uh, You see, the day after was pretty bleak, uh, but if you just hang on another couple of days, uh, everything will change uh, and everything will turn. Uh, If you'll just hold on uh, to that promise from God uh, another couple of days, uh, God will step in. Uh, There's no promise He's ever delivered uh, that He will not perform. Uh, There's no promise He's ever uttered into your life. uh, that he won't bring it to pass. Uh, No matter how dark the day after seems, uh, no matter how alone you feel in this moment, uh, you just stand faithful uh, and you hang on uh, because there's another day coming. uh, There's another day coming uh, where all of the sudden uh, everything begins to make sense. Uh, All of the sudden, uh, all of the prophecies and promises uh, click in Mary's mind uh, and her little baby boy uh, who left her womb has now stepped out of a tomb and now she sees him like he really is for the very first time she's no longer bothered by nail prints in his hands she's no longer bothered by a spear wound in his side because Mary who carried the promise now has her Messiah she's got the one she was waiting for she's got the thing she was longing for she's finally got it in her arms. Let's all stand together in this place. Let's go ahead and lift our hands in this house. Uh, The Lord is here right now. Uh, Somebody who's facing uh, the day after. Somebody who it seems like the promise uh, is a long time past. Uh, You just go ahead and walk faithful. Uh, You go ahead and walk firm. uh, Because there's a God that's going to perform it. Uh, If he's ever promised you for a child. uh, If he's ever promised you uh, for a lost loved one. uh, There's a God that's going to bring it to pass. And so here we are, December 26th, the day after Christmas. If you've been a part of this church for any length of time, you have heard promise after promise, day after day. But God has shifted us into a place and a time where the choirs of angels may not be singing. And the workload feels like it just increased. But that just means we're one day closer to the promise. We're one day closer to that promise where every seat will be filled. We're one day closer to that promise where the region uh, is going to hear the gospel. The region is going to hear. uh, And every day that you live in your own life. Go ahead and build your monuments. For moments to remember. Build those places in your mind. It is not wrong to revisit them in moments where you're low. It's it's not wrong to revisit things that God did in your life. Uh, 
But on the day after, you just walk with him. When you're in the desert, just know he's never left you. He's never forsaken you. You see, it's, it's been 2,000 plus years since Jesus said, I'm coming back quickly. And here we are yet another day after. And our world gets crazier and crazier. Our world gets farther and farther from God, and yet there is a harvest to be had. But every day that goes by, we get one day closer to the promise. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4 says this, I would not have you ignorant, brethren, concerning them which are asleep, that you sorrow not even as others which have no hope. For if we believe that Jesus died and rose again, even so them also which sleep in Jesus uh, will God bring with him. For this we say unto you by the word of the Lord, that we which are alive and remain unto the coming of the Lord shall not prevent them which are asleep. And here's the promise. For the Lord himself shall descend from heaven with a shout. Uh, the first time he came with the cry uh, of a newborn. Choirs of angels had to do the shouting for him. Uh, but this time, uh, this time he's coming back with his own shout. Uh, and with the voice of the archangel and with the trump of God. Uh, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Uh, then we which are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. And so shall we ever be with the Lord. Wherefore, comfort one another with these words. You see, there's a comfort to those words. There's a comfort because many days after he came the first time, many days after he came and bled and died for you, he experienced everything you have experienced. He felt every loss that you have felt. He felt the weight and the guilt and the shame of sin, but he conquered it and he went to prepare a place for us. And now there's a day coming. There's a moment coming and perhaps it's very soon where the sky will again open and God uh, will descend to take you and I home. And I don't want to be around on the day after. It's the day after Christmas today. And we have a Messiah. We have a Savior that has made everything available for us. It's the day after Christmas. And I open these altars today to somebody that might be going through it. As Sister Jayla comes to the keys, there's another day coming. We look forward to it with great, great anticipation. But if you will but remain faithful now, there won't be another day after. For we'll step into a day and a moment where there is no longer day nor night. There's no sun, there's no moon, there's no stars. There's, there's no time, Jesus himself being the light. And forever, forever we'll be with him. And every tear will be washed away. Every hurt that you feel now 
every disappointment that is so keen in your heart this day after Christmas. God's going to wipe away every tear. He's going to take away every hurt. And forever we'll be with him. But that's the day after you don't want to be around for. Let's lift our hands in this place right now. Let's settle it in our hearts. As we wrap out another year of our life, a marker of time again closing and going by. Perhaps it would be a good moment to begin to examine ourselves. God, God, I don't want to be here for that day after I I look forward to the promise, Lord. Uh, These altars are open. I invite you to come. I invite you to begin uh, as 2021 closes out. uh, Take a look into your life and begin to say, God, uh, I'm going to walk with you faithfully. Uh, God, I'm going to walk with you every day. Uh, It doesn't matter if anybody's paying attention to me. I know uh, that your eyes are on me. Uh, I don't need a choir of angels, God, to do right. Uh, I've got your word uh, and I've got your promise. That's all uh, that I need. God to walk faithful. That's all that I need, God, uh, to serve you. That's all that I need, God, uh, to live for you. I've got your word. Uh, I've got that promise, God, that's coming down the road. Come on, some. 